Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Joining me live in studio is Dr. Elizabeth McCrory. Hi, how are you? Hi. Thank you. Good, thanks. Thank you so much for coming down and joining me. It's my pleasure. So I know that we were just chatting there, obviously, before we came on air, and you were saying that you're a psychologist, but you look at the person as a whole being. That's right. I would be, I'm a clinical psychologist by profession and therapist, but it's a transpersonal therapist. So I look at the whole person. I'm interested not just in the physical or the psychological, but the emotional and the spiritual. We're, to be treated as a whole being, we need to consider all aspects of ourselves. And often we forget to look at the sacred part of ourselves as well as the physical or the emotional part of ourselves. Okay, and when you say the sacred part, for anyone listening that may not know what you mean by that, can you just give a brief explanation? What I mean by that is not, it's not a religious connotation. It is our deepest, truest self. We often talk about the true self or the soul self. It is this, the most pure, the most beautiful, the highest aspects of all parts of ourselves is the true self or our sacred self. And it has a, it is unique to our own bio- biographical story, but it's also connected to, if you like, a numinous or transcendent other. And so it's part of me, but it's also part of a wider world. Um, and so that's what I mean by the sacred. And so the sense of who I truly am. And if I don't have that connection, there's a little bit of me always lost. Yeah, no, definitely. And if someone's listening in and they're like, oh my God, I feel like that's the connection that I'm missing. How, how, do, how do you even connect into that part of yourself? Well, it is, it's there for all of us, whether we're male or female. So, um, and it's about listening. It's about a degree of engaging with what makes me feel right? What makes something inside me sing? When do I feel good? And I can look at myself in the mirror and look into my eyes in the mirror and say, actually, there's something good and delightful here that's how you start to recognize it um, and it takes time and it takes patience and it takes courage because we're not encouraged in our day-to-day lives to spend time reflecting on our deepest truest sacred self we're much more externally focused we're encouraged to think about careers materialism acquisition role um, all of which are very important but they're only one part of us and we really need to find the space and the time to connect with that other part of ourselves. And we can do that through reflective practices, through exploring what it means to be male or female in its highest form. So we often talk about that as a sacred feminine or the sacred masculine. And again, people 
associate that maybe with religious figures, but it isn't. It's about the deep psyche. The the other words that will be used for it are the anima and the animus. Um, and when we join those together and we play to the highest of those, we really shine in the world. And the world shines around us as well. It's not just about us. We bring out a light in others when we do that. And I know that this is quite a hot topic at the minute, this whole masculine and feminine, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't know, some people deny that they even exist, I suppose, in the world. So do you think that there is a definite masculine and feminine? There is absolutely masculine and feminine energies and traits. Um, and we, it is a, a topic at the moment because with the Me Too campaigns and all the kind of focus on that. But we can be we're at risk of losing what the essence of it is, because the, the risk is that we say, well, the masculine is all patriarchal and it's aggressive, which it isn't. That is the shadow of the masculine. And the f- radical feminism has started to say, well, if we got rid of the masculine, then the world would be fine, which, of course, is not true. We'd be out of balance. And so the sacred feminine, we often talk about in terms of archetypes, sort of symbols of the psyches that and so we'd have things like the goddess, the queen, the lover, the warrior, the mother. But the masculine has its equivalent, the king. We have the warrior again. We have the lover again. We have the magician, while on the feminine side, we'd have the priestess. And each of those, when they're at their best, the king, he builds, he's constructive, he's directional. At his worst, he's a tyrant. You know, he manipulates. The goddess is intuitive. She has wisdom. She integrates all aspects of healing and wisdom and nurturing, creativity. And at her worst, she's all about control and dominance. And so each of those within us lie within us. But we don't look at them and we tend to think in the dualistic way of either we're either one or the other. We either have the higher form or the lower form. And actually, it's a it's a, a continuum. And so what has happened, and I think what gives this bad rep is we focused on the shadow of all of them. And we sh- focused on the external ex- presentation of them rather than the internal experience of them. And so we need to rebalance that. And we re- to re- need to recognize that within all of us, there are male and female archetypes. And that is they should be in balance and that we should honor both. Now, to do that, we need to actually explore who we are first and our own, if you like, if we're female, perhaps our feminine archetypes and our feminine self first, and then move to exploring our masculine energies. And for the masculine, we need to understand the highest form of our masculine energies and then perhaps explore our feminine energies and how we can work them in balance. But that does take a a shift from it's an either or to and and. And our society hasn't really allowed us to do that for a very, very long time. Yeah, no, 100%. So would this be similar to the whole concept of yin and yang? Absolutely. It's a, you know, we see it in all traditions, whether it's, you know, from going back to ancient Greece, where we talked about the anima and the animus, the Chinese had the yin and the yang. You know, in Celtic mythology, we had male and female goddesses and goddesses that worked alongside each other. So it is there in every culture, in every age. And it's really only since, partly since the Enlightenment, when in the 15th century, when we started to think dualistically, good or bad, male or female, black or white, 
that we start to lose that. And that has just become more and more accentuated over the kind of through the Industrial Revolution and into our modern world. Um, But as a result, our world is crying out for something. Our world is we're depleting our planet of resources. We're damaging our our physical world because we see ourselves as separate from it, not part of it. We have violence towards men, women, children right across the world because we're not in balance. And that's why I think there's now beginning to be a growing interest in this space, because at our heart, in our truest selves, we know we need balance. So how do you think that we could go around starting to achieve balance? It's about starting to have the courage to start to explore some of those aspects of yourself. So and having the courage to say, OK, maybe I am working from my shadow at the moment. And, you know, maybe as as kingmaker, rather than being constructive, I'm more inclined to pull others down to make my own path. Or as mother, instead of being just nurturing and le- opening my hand to allow creativity and, and growth, I sometimes become martyr and try to control. And so it's about understanding well, where in me, what work needs to happen inside me and how not to be afraid that if for me to shine, I don't need to put other people's lights out. I heard an, a beautiful metaphor for this, that if you're a candle, in today's world, we think for my light to shine, I must blow out all the other candles. Well, in fact, if I leant over with my lit, lit wick and lit some other wicks, there would be a much brighter place. And so it's being able to do that and having the courage to do that is what's really important. Definitely. Do you think, can you, can you ever, can you look into the future, I don't know, somehow? <sighs> Do you think that there will ever be that sort of balance in the world? I think it's been there before in ancient times. And I think, yes, it is. And I think actually we are coming to such a point of crisis in terms of humanity and in terms of our ecology and our environment, in terms of our politics. That I think often a crisis, that's when the wheel turns. So I think while we may see the world in big crisis at the moment, there may be a gift in it. We're going to have to say, and we see that with young people. They're starting to take up the campaign and fight for climate, for environment, for equality and also they accept people in a way that maybe two generations ago wasn't accepted. So, yes, I think there is real hope for the future, but we have to do the work. It, it won't happen and we have to do it within ourselves and then we have to do it in our communities. Yeah, no, 100%. And within each person, would there be, it's kind of like the yin and the yang or, or and it's just, is what, is it that one's kind of more prominent within? Absolutely. There, within all of us, there is the potential for the masculine and the feminine. You know, it's a, it's a continuum. And when we are at our best, our brightest, our most gracious, they're in balance. But within each of us, there's also a a natural pull. So in the female, the natural pull is often towards the female energy, the feminine, which is our natural space would be around intuition and healing and our creativity and sensuousness. And in the masculine, the pull is towards construction. But construction can't happen without creation, the creativity. That's where the problems start. Um, you know, the, the warrior can be a warrior for change and for positive and change and for activism, or it can be about destruction. And so it's, it's 
working those and then finding how we can work them within ourselves. And it's honoring both. And that's the problem. We always go, well, this is better than that. When actually they're both equally good and without one, the other is in the shadow. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, My uncle often says to me about relationships between men and women, how that's where the communication barriers kind of come up because we communicate in two different ways. And it's like the other person may not understand the way we're communicating. Would you find that when you're speaking to people that we do communicate quite differently? We, men and women probably express themselves differently. But at the core, we are about the same things. And so it is about being able to listen to another. And here, try rather than listening with my thinking about how I'm going to respond, listen to hear what's been said and what's underneath what's been said, then we communicate very well. Um, and so it's but to do that, I need to know myself first. I need to know how I communicate. What are where are my prejudices, where my preferences are. And once I've brought those out from the the kind of corners of myself and into the open. When I go to listen to another, whether it's a man or a woman, I can then try to listen with a way that they don't get in the way. And so it's not that we communicate differently. It's certain things within us get in the way so we can't hear the other. Okay, and then I don't know, this might be a little bit different, but are animals the same then? Would would animals have masculine and feminine energies within them? Sorry, I know it's completely hot. I was just thinking of it there. I, I, I think it's a fair question. I think because I think the energies of the masculine and the feminine aren't just within us, they're also around us. And we talk about nature. We talk about lunar cycles. We talk about moon cycles and sun cycles and seasons. So and we have different energies associated with all those seasons. So inevitably, you would have to say that the energies reside in every part of this planet. Like we talk about Mother Earth and Father Sky and indigenous in indigenous spiritualities. We talk about the need for them to come together. So while I don't know enough about it, my instinct would be to say there is everywhere we have all the energies. Um, it's not just I think that's one of the big mistakes we make. We think we humans are different from nature rather than seeing ourselves as part of nature. Yeah, no, definitely. I'd say, as you were saying, if we saw ourselves as part of nature, the world probably wouldn't be as messed up as it Absolutely. is, right? We're kind of, we're, we're, we're turned upside down at the minute, aren't we? We are. We've become so insular and so individual. We don't see how we fit into the wider fabric. And again, I think young people are beginning to open their eyes and see that differently, which is wonderful. Um, but we all need to do it. Yeah. And we all need to be able to work that fabric that we're all part of it. A hundred percent. Because I know something that's kind of getting big at the minute is the moon, because I heard you mention the moon there. Um, I was only li- watching someone the other day called the Hormone Coach. I actually had her on the show yeah. a while ago. And I, I don't know if you follow her. Have you heard of her before? I have. Yeah. And she was actually talking about the moon and how it can affect her cycles. And she was really getting into it. And it was it was mad because, like I was saying, she normally comes from such a scientific background so for her to be so focused on the moon and so passionate about it I was like it's amazing because people listening to her now are obviously going to start to read into this and hopefully see something about this but again that's part of us being part of nature that nature has a pull on us and that we have a pull on nature so we affect nature and people know this now we know that if you go into spend time in nature for mood disturbance it really helps we talk about a thing there's a thing now that people talk about is forest bathing 
and people suffering from low mood um, are encouraged in groups to go walking in forests and it alters mood. We know if you go to the sea and you spend time by the, the sea and that ebb and flow seems to smooth out anxiety within us. So our breath begins to link into the ebb and flow of the sea. So, and we know the moon controls the what, tides and how the tides move. So why wouldn't it affect us? 100%. And I, I know you were saying forest bathing there. I only heard about that for the first time a couple of months ago as well. What, like, does forest bathing, what is it that it does to you? Well, you are amongst, think about the trees. Trees are rooted in the earth and yet they reach towards the sky. There's an energy about trees that is powerful and strong. They produce the oxygen. So, you know, without our trees, we, we the planet will die away. So when you're in a forest, you have this strength around you. You have a rootedness around you and you have this beautiful oxygen being provided to you that's been the air is clearer as a result. And there's probably other chemicals that are being pulled up from the earth that we then get the benefit of. But also within that space, you begin to realise that we're part of a greater whole. You know, if ever you've been to California to see the redwood forests, these enormous trees that can date back 1200 years, 2000 years, and they're huge. And you begin to see how things are bigger than us, how our problems, while they're important and huge for us, within the fabric of life, there's much more and it gives perspective. And that's, I think, the power of forests and nature. And I mean, the redwoods are an extraordinary. They grow so tall. And you would expect them to have really deep roots, but they don't. And how they support each other is all the roots locked together. And they support each other. And that's how they survive storms. But they naturally top themselves from time to time to allow young saplings grow, get the light to grow. That's a wonderful model for humanity. Yeah, no, definitely, 100%. And I know that you have a workshop coming up next weekend. That's right. I have a workshop which is an introduction to Awakening the Sacred Feminine, which um, there are still some places available on and which is going to be hopefully the start of a series of workshops I'll run throughout the autumn and into next year, which will look both at the Sacred Feminine and how we can start to explore that within ourselves. And then I'm going to try and encourage men to come to a, a talk initially on the sacred masculine and then perhaps we'll run a workshop and I have there's some very powerful tools open to men to help them explore the sacred masculine within themselves um, and so the idea is that we'd gradually get a conversation of the two together and many ways not doing this work within ourselves often leads to the mood problems we have the disturbance the low mood, the aggression that we see in our society. We need to discover these higher elements of ourselves, both within ourselves and with the, uh, the other in our lives. Yeah, 100%. And if people want to find out more about the workshops, do you want to say, like, say any social media handles? Um, I'm on Instagram, Dr. Dr. Elizabeth, McC Dr. Elizabeth McCrory. I'm also on Facebook. And if you want to email me at elizabeth at elizabethmccrory.com, I'll send on information. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you very much, Shereen. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 